Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Monday for those of you who are live. For those that are here, any day that you're here, thanks for being here. We've been talking about the concept yesterday about just sort of pushing this idea of expressions of gratitude further and further down the road of craziness. For some, just saying thank you at all is crazy. For others, it works as long as there is another human being listening. And once you start bringing other people in, it gets really difficult. You know, it's funny. Is that if you look at people that are at the end, that are elder, which I will not define, <laughs> they seem to like not care anymore. You ever, you ever notice that? Thank you, man. Thank you, Andy. You ever notice that like you go see, like, I'll, I'll tell you like my own experiences. Like, you know, I go see my grandparents who should rest in peace. And as they got older, like their filter, like sort of dropped out, you know? They say whatever they want. Older people say whatever they want. And I think part of it is because they just don't care about like the game. They're just them. They, I guess they've lost that. Like it's exhausting to know like what to say always to somebody. And that can be dangerous, but it also can be very empowering. When you're, when you're in a situation where you're nervous to tell somebody in your life how you feel. There's a certain weakness that gets presented in the relationship. There's a certain weakness that gets created when I can't express to the people around me how I feel. One of the comments that I got was that the person struggled with being able to tell somebody how appreciative she was of them. And that's normal to struggle. It's normal to be vulnerable. And when the vulnerability hits, but there's a certain weakness in that. There's a certain weakness, not in the person, in the relationship. But the relationship is one in which expressions, especially positive expressions, aren't able to be freely exchanged. It's no one's fault. And even if it is someone's fault, it's not, it's not, it's not a good use of our time to blame somebody as to how come it's not more comfortable to say what I want to say to you. But when you express yourself in especially in a positive way, in an, in a situation that is uncomfortable, what you're really doing is you are building a new path of strength in that relationship which is even more valuable than the thing you're expressing. We, we, we ended off yesterday with this idea that the people that may not deserve it or it's hard to give it to, we have to be the big one and, 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 and do it. And the reason is because it allows us to be above it. Now I want to paint a picture and I hope through the picture, be able to sort of express what I'm feeling. So imagine as if you're watching two kids that are fighting in the house. 
and you know the parent shows up and takes one kid's side and they're little and mom or dad or whoever knows that like this kid's right and this kid's wrong and she, she loves them both she's doing the best she can so the kid that she picked against turned to her turns to her and says like you know the usual kid stuff you hate me you always like them better never like me you never give me anything anyone sound does this sound familiar to anybody who's listening with little kids now if mom like fights with the eight-year-old really i hate you how about last week when i did blah 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 for you right What's really going on is that mom is lowering herself to an eight-year-old. And then the eight-year-old's like, yeah, but you didn't give me a toy. And when I wanted a Hanukkah present, and and mom's like, Hanukkah present? You want to talk Hanukkah present? Right? This happens to parents sometimes. Like, they just had enough. So they just descend into the space of an eight-year-old. And they just fight. But they're adults. So, like, they just fight better than eight-year-olds. But, like, it doesn't matter. The eight-year-old's not like, oh, you know, you're right. Two years ago when I was six and I was sick all night, you, you did you, you you were there for me. My bad. I, I really should have remembered that. Yeah, you're right, Ma. You know what? You really do take care of me and things. They're eight. You're never gonna win. You're never gonna win in an eight-year-old conversation. They don't have that memory. They don't have they don't have the the the, the emotional capacity to admit fault in them, their own thinking, like they're eight. The mom loses the minute she descends into that conversation. The minute she starts going, what? What? That's it. She delves in as she hits the ground and she starts going eye to eye with the eight-year-old. And can I tell you something off the record or on the record? In many cases, I'm not talking about eight-year-olds. I'm talking about 15 year olds sometimes like you know saying like this doesn't like end at eight there are plenty of conversations happening right now in a home of a teenage child and as soon as parents delve into that conversation they're going one-on-one with that teenage kid there's no way out they lose every single time they lose every single time because they're the other party is not especially teenagers go through so much this is we should have a show just on teenagers especially when they're younger when they hit like 13, 14, there's so much happening in that mind, so much happening in that world. You forget what it was like to be a teenager. Such a complicated time in people's lives. Right, Jennifer. That fight. As soon as mom or dad descend into that, into that world and start playing mom and dad stuff, you don't give me respect. When I was there for you, you can't just call, right? Anyone with this? The, the issue is that when you're engaging in somebody who is not emotionally as evolved as you, the conversation cannot advance because in the level of a real conversation needs to be a parity of emotional maturity, right? If I am supposed to be emotionally mature, and you're still growing up and you're emotionally less mature and we go head to head in a conversation, most likely it's not going to go because we don't have the same emotional maturity to actually have a conversation. 
That's why it's supposed to be that adults can converse in a certain way because we're supposed to evolve emotionally. We're supposed to, supposed to be able throughout our lives to understand things like, you know, long-term thinking. We're supposed to use our prefrontal cortex a lot more than our limbic system. We understand consequence. We have history and experience of what happens when you say this to this person and what happens. Usually when you get married, you're supposed to like pay attention. When I say this to her, like it doesn't end well, even if I'm right. When I say this to him, like it, he doesn't seem to get it, even if I'm right. Like an adult's supposed to pick up on these things. And so when you have conversations, you have them more strategically. You have them with people that can handle it. And when you have conversations with especially children that just aren't there yet, it makes total sense to you. You ever have this, like you ever sit with a kid and have like a real heart to heart, right? You ever do this? Kids struggling with something and you have like a whole heart to heart with them. <laughs> and then like you get up after like whatever. And then the next day they ask you the exact same question. You're like, wait, did, did we just not, was I, was I dreaming that? Did we just not talk about this? Are we still... Didn't we just deal with this last week and you're still fighting? You're still going through the same, like, hello. So what happens many times is that you're supposed to give guidance, of course. But what happens many times is that what the person with the emotional maturity really needs is a role model. It's not someone to win the fight. It's someone to model how one fights. What the teenager needs is not someone to show them that they're wrong. What the teenager needs is someone to show them how one acts when they're in a situation like this. And when we model the behavior of conflict and tension, we may lose a whole bunch of fights. Subconsciously, what they're seeing and being exposed to is a behavior that's creating an impression, right? Because remember, our minds are neuroplastic, and what changes us is our exposure. So when we're exposed to something, it changes who we are. I was having this kind of, this thought with myself of the day. I share with you, I share with you everything. What don't I tell you? I wanted something, and I, I was upset at myself for wanting something. I wanted to win at something and I was mad at myself. I spent like a period of time thinking about like, where, where does this come from? And it comes from my exposure. When you grow up in a world where you watch things, it paints a picture of success. And even if you know that's not real success, it doesn't matter. You have exposure to something so often, it just feels like that's what you want. When you're exposed to people, you start to behave like them, not because it's right or wrong, it's because that's what you know. That's what feels normal. You say lines that they say. You act the way they act. You do things the way they do things because that's what you see. And what you see gets put into your neuroplastic connections. And that's what feels like you. 
So when you, when you engage and descend into, into conflict with people that are emotionally more immature than you, what you're doing is not winning fights. You're losing the war. That kid may feel bad about doing that thing, but the kid now remembers that whenever there's a problem, the way we deal with it is we yell. So you won. You, you outplayed your seven-year-old. You raised your voice, got them to bed. Now, sometimes you have no choice. I get it. But you raised your voice and they did the wrong thing and they colored on the walls or they spilled the thing or they hit their sister, whatever. And when we yell, we win. But in their little brains, there now there's one little connection that says, whenever you're upset, you're supposed to yell. Keep it up for 10 years. And yeah, we lose the war. So the way we deal with it is we start to ask ourselves, what's the behavior I want that person to experience and to feel normal? And I'm just going to do that. Now, if I'm, a, if, I'm, if I'm a pushover and the kid becomes a spoiled brat, I got to deal with that, right? I have to teach people how to say thank you. I got to teach my teenager. Okay. But I got to do it in a way that models the behavior I want them to have, even if it takes them a decade to get it. This isn't just parents. This is friends. These are teachers, influencers, because we have no idea when connections make. We don't know if you're sitting in front of a classroom and you're having an impression on people's minds, even though they only had you for one semester. We have no idea if you're just a friend talking on the phone with another friend and that friend is learning from you something. You don't, this isn't just a, a relation between parent and child. This is the relation between human and human. One of the hardest things we're gonna do is express positivity to other people that right now we don't have a positive relationship with. We're taking this to the next level, right? We've been doing this for a while for those who are joining us for the first time. Gratitude in our minds, gratitude in our thoughts, gratitude towards God, gratitude towards each other, right? We're getting further into the world of the Navy Zeals. Now we're on a mission. Now we're like on a tour in Afghanistan. Wow. We're still, still doing the gratitude journal, man. That's awesome. This tour of duty of gratitude is of the hardest things you're going to do in your life. And most people, if they even accept what I'm saying, we'll do it once or twice. But the few of the proud, the Marines that do this consistently, it will categorically change your life, in my humble opinion. When you see other people and you express gratitude towards them, their efforts and their person, remember how we compliment. And this becomes part of your focus. 
This becomes part of who you are. Remember, this is what we learned the trade of hode. Hode is the trade of admitting, acknowledging there's more to other my life. There's there's good in my life. There are people that do good. This, by the way, is also the trade of beauty, charisma. The person who exemplified this trade was a man named Aaron. He was the high priest. He dressed royally. The Temple Mount, which was his place, was the most beautiful place in the world. True beauty is how you make others feel. True charisma is not when you have like a slick line. True charisma is when you walk in the room and people feel empowered by your existence. The ability to see greatness in other people and express it is super hard. And to express it to people that will appreciate it is hard in itself, but to express it in people that may not is nearly impossible. To descend, if you will, into the relationships that you have, if what you are talking to people that may be emotionally more immature, and I don't care if they're 16 or they're 66, there are people that are, have aged in their years but not in their in emotion and emotional intelligence. Unfortunately, the year that you were born doesn't necessarily correlate to your emotional maturity. There's a lot of stuff that happens to people. And not everybody is at the same level based on their age. And sometimes you're dealing with somebody who's an adult, but they're really not acting like an adult. Now you don't have to judge them at least give them the benefit of the doubt that they're not necessarily malicious. They may just be super insecure and they may have conditioned habits upon themselves that is more likely to be habits of a teenager. And they could be 30 years from their teenage years, but they seem to be doing things and saying things and acting in ways that is very much reminiscent of the way they acted in high school. It, it's not to judge them. It's just to be aware that when you're talking to people, not everybody is exactly the same emotionally. And sometimes the greatest gift you can give to people is to model what a conversation is supposed to look like. You're supposed to wake up in the morning and compliment people. You're supposed to see people in the morning and smile at people. You're supposed to leave the day and be nice. You're supposed to do certain things. That's what, a, that's what an emotionally mature person does. You're supposed to bite your tongue when you want to see something negative until you've thought it through. You're not supposed to fly off the handle because you're having a bad day. When you see somebody doing something, you're supposed to express gratitude to somebody. It doesn't matter if they're standing behind a counter or they're standing behind a, you know, they're standing on a throne. They're a human being. You're not supposed to treat people like they're nobodies just because like they're cleaning up after you. That's the way an emotionally mature person acts. And sometimes the greatest thing we can do in our lives is to see ourselves at that level, to play at a higher level of emotional maturity, and then to express the gratitude and the positivity for everybody around us, even if those people are not going to make it back, because we know that the greatest thing we can do is to role model it. And even if we don't get it back, we're doing something good for the person, even if they, they grunt back to us. 
even if they, they feel weird from us saying thank you or some, us complimenting them, even if our positivity gets no response or a negative response, just knowing that we can bring positivity to show somebody else a way in which they can model their own positivity, that could be the greatest gift you give somebody. And it may not, you may not even see it. That's stepping above the conversation with the eight-year-old and seeing when the eight-year-old goes, I hate you, nodding, going, sure you do, honey. Sure you do. Okay, honey, I'm sorry. And being in total control. Because you're not going to let an eight-year-old get to you. We got to talk about this more, but I got to tell you something. There are a lot of people out there that are suffering because around them are one or two people that are eight years old, even though they're in bodies that are older and they let them get to them. The way out is by just bringing the positivity. Okay. We got, we got to go. We got to talk about this. We'll continue with God's help on this issue because this thing can save us in my humble opinion. What do I know? This thing could save us from a lot of, in Hebrew, it's called agmas nefesh, a lot of personal anguish. All right. Have an awesome day. Make it awesome. Make it awesome. Shine your light, man. Shine your light, everybody. Have an awesome day. And with God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow.